0: Hello there. This is Monica Reinagel of the Change Academy, and I wanted to jump in here just in case you're listening to this podcast for the first time. In the episode that you're about to listen to, you'll hear me and my co-host, Brock Armstrong, with whom I launched this show back in 2020. But change has come to the Change Academy. Although Brock is still an important part of our team, he's no longer co-hosting the show. We talk all about that in episode number 102 if you're curious to learn more. I hope that the Change Academy will continue to be part of your listening life going forward. But right now, please enjoy this episode from our archive.
1: All right. All right, everybody. Take your seats. We're about to start talking to you. Welcome to the Change Academy podcast, everybody. My name is Brock Armstrong, and I am here with Monica Reinagel. Hi. And we are super excited to bring you the first episode of the Change Academy podcast. And you may be wondering, why the heck are we creating yet another podcast?
0: So maybe you have something that you have tried to change in your life. Maybe you have tried to get fit to get exercising, mm. change your diet, change your weight. Maybe you've tried to develop other habits that you think would serve you, like trying to learn to meditate or mm. any number, trying to keep your, your room tidier, mm-hmm. any number of things. And maybe you've made resolution after resolution and made a little bit of progress towards that and inevitably relapsed back into your old ways. Well, you are not alone. Uh, this is how it usually goes.
1: Now maybe you've made some of those big decisions and set some big goals for yourself, but you've found that you just don't have what are the common things that we hear all the time. I just don't have the willpower or I I, lack the motivation to keep this going or I haven't found the right diet or the right exercise plan or the right guru to follow or whatever it happens to, to be in your life to make this work.
0: And it's none of those things. no. In the years that Brock and I have been working uh, with people, as in Brock's case, you know, coaching them on their fitness and movement. In my case, coaching people on their food and nutrition. And together, uh, we coach people on sustainable weight loss. And over the years, we have developed an actual methodology for Mm -hmm. creating permanent positive change. And that's what we want to share with you and explore in this podcast.
1: Okay, before we go too, too far here, there's a bunch of you who probably know us from our other podcasts, but a bunch of you probably don't. So my other podcast is the Get Fit Guy podcast, and I've been doing it for about three years now. And in that podcast, I cover all things movement and fitness and exercise related. And it's a a very, a fairly narrow scope, but I'm also a cognitive behavioral therapy practitioner, so that's more what we're going to cover here.
0: And on my side, I've been doing the Nutrition Diva podcast for 12 years now, Whoa. and it is also pretty narrow. I really focus on the science of food and nutrition, how food and nutrients work in the body to create health or sometimes the lack of health. Uh, and and I love that part of the science, but it doesn't give me as much time to talk about this fascinating world of behavior change and self-improvement as I would like. And then the third little piece of this is that four years ago, Brock and I actually teamed up to create a a coaching program together where we work together uh, in a group coaching environment with people who are working on becoming people who weigh less. And so we've also had years of putting both our uh, fitness and nutrition expertise, but also our methodology of behavior change into practice and with real people creating real results and it's just too good not to share on a wider basis so thus the change academy podcast
1: yeah so for any of you who are looking for just pure exercise or just pure nutrition information this is not the podcast for you what we are going to be doing here is is creating solutions for creating a new you
0: yeah because the (laughs) truth
1: that was cheesy as
0: hell Sorry, everybody. So what can we offer that you can't already get in all of these other podcasts?
1: Well, you know, one of the reasons that I feel so drawn to creating this kind of podcast and why we've done some of the other projects that Monica and I have done together is because of the frustration that's actually born from being a fitness coach and you as a nutrition expert People are constantly coming to us just looking for the one answer, the the solution to solve all their problems. And they just want us to just prescribe that workout plan, prescribe that meal plan or something so they can just make those changes and, and make it align with the rest of their lives. And during our years of doing this, we've realized that that's not the answer. And what we've come up with is a much more meaningful, much more lasting, sustainable and easier to in the end process to make these kinds of changes and to really arrive at the at the goal that you're you're looking for. And I've got some some notes here that I wanted to to share with with people. I said our goal with this podcast is to help you grow, not just make you feel better because, well, you can get that pretty much anywhere, but to make you behave better, live better and grow into that person that you want to be.
0: That's right. I realized early on in my career as a nutrition counselor that most people came in thinking that what they needed was more information. Mm. And what I saw was that the lack of information was very rarely what was keeping people from making progress. They really needed a way to integrate that information into actionable steps. But more than anything else, they needed a way to understand what motivates their behavior, Mm. why they do the things they do, how to discover What is keeping them from making progress? And this has come to be sort of my mission in life, Mm -hmm. to help people identify and then remove the barriers that keep them from reaching their goals. And although we spend a lot of time applying this to our primary uh, areas of expertise, namely nutrition and fitness, we realize that this same process can help you make progress towards really any goal in your life, any change that you want to put into place in a more permanent way. So that's what we're going to be talking about on this podcast, but not just talking about, as Brock sort of implied there, Mm -hmm. this is not just a passive experience. We are going to involve you in a process here. You're going to have to work a little bit as a uh, member of the Change Academy. We're going to be asking you to put these ideas into practice and hopefully even participate with us outside the podcast in in community so that we can help you put this into process. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, we... Absolutely believe that everyone has the ability to choose a new set of habits, a new set of thought patterns, and a new set of behaviors. And each episode of this podcast, we're going to examine a different aspect of how to do that. But you're not just going to sit here and listen to us talk about it. You're going to have to put this stuff into practice, like Monica said. So we're going to give you some homework, and we're going to make sure that uh, that you guys can really live where the rubber meets the road kind of thing is that <laughs> that was one of the prototype <laughs> uh, titles for this podcast at one point.
0: That's exactly right. So we thought that a good way to kick this off would maybe to be giving you an overview of what we think are the essential components to successful permanent behavior change. Mm-hmm. And if any one of these is missing, then your then your program is likely to lapse. So we're going to just Talk a little bit about these today, what these eight things are, and then over the next weeks, we're going to go much deeper into this and give you a, a deeper exploration of, of our experience. Between us, we have decades of experience coaching people on these. <laughs> I always
1: say hundreds of years of experience. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hundreds of years. And and so we've worked with a lot of people, and, uh, and we want to share that experience with you in this podcast. Yeah.
1: Okay, so I'll list them first. I'll give the the high level just the, the eight, and then we'll go into each one in a little bit of detail. Okay, so number one is a reason. Number two is curiosity. Number three is an objective. Number four is a plan. Number five is support. Number six is practice. And I'll add two more practices in there just to make it sound better. Practice, practice, practice. Number seven, failure. It's a bit of a surprise there. And number eight is forever.
0: Yeah, why don't you start us off with the first one? What okay. what do we need in the way of a reason?
1: So when we talk about a reason, it's uh it's more than just the what or the how. It really uh, the reason could be exchanged for the why. Now I've heard the why being referred to as your north star, and that uh, that analogy kind of goes along the lines of if you ever get lost somewhere along the way, you can always rely on your why like you would the North Star to get you back on course. If you're a sailor, perhaps (laughs) that would make more sense. In cognitive behavior therapy, we talk about the core values and priorities being what drives our decision making in all aspects of life. And if we haven't spent time defining those, or worse yet, if we let somebody else define those for us, which a lot of time we do, then how can we possibly make decisions that get us to where we want to go. So that's, that's what I take away for that's, that's my sort of explanation of, of the reason.
0: I think you said something really important there, when you said that we can't let other people make these decisions for us, because sometimes our why for making a change is not truly that we want something, but someone else wants it for us. Mm. And that might be especially when we're working on health changes. It might be our doctor. Our family doctor has yeah. said, look, you got to lose some weight. You got to get in shape. It could be a spouse. Very frequently, I think it's society wants this mm-hmm. change for us, that we see this need to change reflected back to us when we're on social media or consuming any other kinds of media. And those reasons that somebody else wants this for you are rarely going to be as compelling or compelling enough to stick to do the difficult work of behavior change. You really need to want this for yourself and you need to be in touch with that, that driving force, why you want this to be different. What are you going to get out of this that's going to make your life better? Because I'm not going to sugarcoat this. It it does take some effort, some sustained effort to make sustained change. So you're going to need that why to drive you forward.
1: All right. So That's number one, a reason. So number two, I said, was curiosity. Do you want to take us through that one?
0: Yeah, curiosity. And that is the willingness and the ability to really look at your thoughts, your feelings, the actions that you are and are not taking, and what kinds of results you're getting from those actions that you are and are not taking. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes we, we want change, but we're unwilling to really take a closer look at the current situation, you know, what's happening, or or to really unpack a little bit what's driving our actions or very frequently our failure to act, right? Um, and yeah. we, we somehow think that our failure to act is just the absence of action. It is actually a choice. It's a choice to not act. It's a choice to remain the same. And that's going to be something that we're all going to be up against when we're trying to make change. And it's important to be able to go into that with some curiosity to try to figure out why. And I like the word curiosity because there's no judgment implied on that. Mm -hmm. It's not a, why am I such a screw up? Why do I never do this? Why do I sabotage myself or any other kind of negativity? It's really just a, "hmm, why is it that (laughs) my actions don't always line up with my goals or with my intentions. What's happening here? What's really going on? But curiosity gives us that that kind of open-minded space in which to learn something. And that is where a lot of the magic happens.
1: Yeah, the curiosity to, like you were saying, it doesn't necessarily mean that you need to succeed in some ways. Like If you're just being curious and you're trying something out, failure is just as as likely and just as educational as an actual success is. So We'll
0: have more to say about failure in a, in a little bit. But
1: Absolutely, yeah, I'm getting ahead of us.
0: All right, let's jump forward to number three, which is you need an objective. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people frame this as a goal. What's the difference?
1: <laughs> That's a hard one to do. Let's see if I can do that. Okay, so goals, I would say goals are great markers that you should have along the way but they're not your end game. Your objective is really more your end game. And that's the way we're framing it anyway here is we often forget to ask ourselves the question, then what? When we have like goals set for ourselves, like I get people that come and get me to train them for marathons because they want to lose weight. Well, okay. But then when you finish the marathon, then what?
0: By the way, that's gotta be the hardest possible way to lose weight, (laughs) to run a marathon.
1: (laughs) it really isn't a good way to do it, but it's amazing how many people think that that's the way they need to do it. <laughs> so you finish the marathon. Well, then what? Do you have to sign up for another marathon in order to keep that weight off? So so the goal may have been to run a marathon, but the objective is really to be somebody who who weighs less for the rest of their life, not just for the time where they're training for the marathon. Does that make sense, the differentiation between goal and objective?
0: Well, I think you just put your finger on it, and that is to be someone who weighs less, that idea of identity. Mm -hmm. And this is something that we talk a lot about in our coaching programs. Um, I've heard James Clear, uh, the author of Atomic Habits, also state that true behavior change is really about identity change. And I think Mm -hmm. that that's the kernel here. I think of a goal, and you're right, it's fun to have goals and it's fun to reach goals, Mm -hmm. but a goal is a static event you know you it it happens and then it's in the past whereas uh, achieving a new identity i am someone who runs 5 days a week i am someone who you know, whatever that is whatever it is that you aspire to be that is a state change mm-hmm. it's the difference between a static event and a state change and so goals are great But you need that higher objective of you you need, you need a vision of this new identity that you want to inhabit. And that ends up being more motivating, but I think also more sustaining. And that's one of the underlying themes for us always is not how do we make this change, but how do we make this change sustainable?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Let's move along to number four, which is a plan.
0: Oh, yes. A plan. So a lot of people start the process right here with plan. They skip those first three, you know, having mm-hmm. um, a, a why, having, what's number two? An objective. <laughs> <laughs> no, number two. Oh, right. having a why, being willing to be curious, having an objective. They go right for the plan. They just write down yeah. the meal plan or the workout plan, or they come to us and ask for the plan. Um, and so one important insight is that you, you, you can't skip right to the plan. You need to have those other pieces in place for the plan to make sense, then it can be really helpful to have somebody like me or Brock or somebody who's an expert in what you're trying to work on help you put together a plan that can get you there that's based on good science and our expertise and experience. But it doesn't stop with just having the plan. The trick really is in sticking to the plan and Mm. then also having the, the fallback plan when the plans don't work. Too many of our plans, and we'll talk more when we go into greater detail on this aspect of planning, because there is an art to it, and there's a lot about planning that people forget to tell you. But uh, but really, it's about being ready for the plan to fail and having yeah. and having a plan for what's going to happen then.
1: Yeah, and we'll go into more detail, obviously, in future episodes. We're going to cover these in a lot more detail, but I think that's a that's a good explanation of the plan and the backup plan for now. So number five is support.
0: Yeah, we were talking earlier about the fact that changing your behavior is difficult. You're kind of swimming upstream. You're you're swimming against your previous habits. And, you know, you, won't, you don't want the deck stacked against you. You don't want to have that current flowing any harder than it has to be already. So anything that you can do to set up your environment or your habitat or to ask the people in your life for support or to structure your schedule to support the change that you're trying to make, um, you're just kind of reducing drag. And I think that that may seem like a, a small thing, but it's it's really important. It's it's one of those things that can give you a big advantage if you just take a little bit of time to think about how your environment does or does not support the change you're trying to make and then make whatever shifts you can to, to bring it into alignment.
1: Yeah, so that can be as, something as simple as Instead of burying your running shoes in the back of the closet, putting them in the front of the closet or putting them at the foot of the bed or something like that is sort of a simple environmental hack you can change or to make if you want to, let's say, become a runner or or do more activity outdoors.
0: Yeah, one of the small things that I made that made a big difference was realizing that to ask myself to exercise at the end of the day was really heading, you know, there was a strong headwind at that time of day. And so Mm. by rearranging my schedule so that I go to work a little bit later in the day and I get my workout in first thing has made all the difference in the, the consistency of my exercise habit.
1: Now, would you say that this is also something that goes with removing barriers Like we often talk about if there's too many barriers between where you are now and where you want to be or becoming the person that you want to be, then every time there's another barrier you're less likely to achieve that outcome sure so so really in in some way providing that support for yourself is actually being able to see which barriers are in your way and finding creative ways to remove those barriers but it's not just i don't know getting your your husband to stop buying chips although that, that could helpful. really help yeah. <laughs> but if he's not willing to give up those chips what can you do to To support yourself in not eating those chips, even though he's probably going to have them nearby anyway.
0: Yeah, this is definitely an area where you will get to use that curiosity we were talking about before. But if you're having trouble thinking of barriers, sometimes it's helpful just to think in terms of friction. Mm. If you're not actually seeing any hurdles, any jersey walls between you and your behavior, maybe you can see some places where you just just enough friction to slow you down and, and reverse your momentum. And, you know, how can you remove some friction? Okay. So number six, the sixth of our eight things that you need is practice, practice, practice. <laughs> and this is just once you have your why and you've identified ways that you can remove barriers or ease friction, and you've thought a little bit about your objectives and you've made a good plan, all of those things in place, then then there's no getting around the fact that you just have to do it and you have to do mm-hmm. it more than once there's a lot of different things that you can practice. You can practice thinking the thoughts, you can practice doing the things. Sometimes we refer to this as collecting the evidence that you can be a person who does these things, but you need to collect more than one piece of evidence because you're usually working against years of other kinds of behaviors that you're trying to replace. And you can't just do something once and consider that habit established. So just prepare to repeat whatever you're doing a bunch of times. Yeah. It's
1: the old saying, practice makes permanent.
0: Ah, I never heard that. No, but how do you get yeah. to Carnegie Hall?
1: Practice, practice, practice.
0: <laughs> so the next one is failure. Why do we need failure? Couldn't we do this without failure, Brock?
1: Uh, Well, we could, but it wouldn't be a lot of fun.
0: I think it would be way <laughs> more fun to never fail.
1: <laughs> well, maybe but that really depends on your definition of failure or how you're you're looking at failure. I like to think of I heard the phrase not that long ago actually that was um, acquiring the data of failure, and I really like the way that that frames the this idea because failure can be an emotional roller coaster. It can it it can just be the biggest barrier as we were just talking about that you can encounter if you if you are derailed by failure then you're not going to you're not going to learn from it and you're not going to be able to push through it but if you can see it as a data point just see that failure as a as a way to create a better plan or to change your plan or to inform your decisions then it takes all the all the emotion out of it. It takes the stigma out of out of the word failure, and it really just turns it into to a learning point or a, a, a data point
0: to fuel. Yeah, there's one of those inspirational things that pop up on on Instagram. you know, I either succeed or I learn. Yes, but that's that the opposite of success is learning. But when you were talking about gathering the, the data of failure, it reminded me when my sister's children were very small in that in those years when kids are just constantly catching little colds at daycare or whatever, she said that she'd read somewhere. And now I have not fact checked this. So I'm just telling this anecdotally, I don't know if this is true. But she said she read somewhere that a kid is going to get X number of colds in the first five years of their life, no matter what. And so every time her kid came down with a cold, she was able to say, well, check another one off the list. (laughs) And it just kept it from being such a drag. And I, I, I think that's a little bit what we're talking about here.
1: Yeah. In my experience of coaching athletes, the reason that we keep a lot of really detailed training logs is so when we get to the race day, and maybe we don't have the desired outcome of placing or finishing or whatever it happens to be for that individual we can go back and look at the plan leading up till that point and we can use the the success or the failure in that in that particular race to inform how we then change the the training plan going forward and the failures inevitably give us more information than the successes do because occasionally successes are well okay well nobody else showed up for that race or it was a total fluke or whatever But those failures can really inform how we move forward and where those deficits were in the training plan. And the training plan can be for a marathon or it can be for life. And that's a perfect,
0: also a perfect example of the difference between a goal and an objective. Because if your Mm. goal is to run the race or to win the race and you don't finish the way you want to, then you fail to meet your goal and game over. But if your identity Mm. is to be someone who is always becoming a better racer, yeah then that identity remains intact and that disappointing result becomes uh you know a necessary data point that helps you achieve that identity.
1: Awesome. Yeah. Perfect. Okay, what's our next one? Our last one. Next one. Or oh, our last one. Oh wow, we got to the end already. Okay, so number 8 is forever.
0: Forever. This is the eighth thing you need for sustainable positive change is you need forever because there is actually no finish line here. Change changes you. And that means that you will always be in the process of refining, reinventing, um, discovering new barriers or points of friction that can be removed or setting new goals or even refining that objective a little bit more. There's always going to be new questions to ask. And so this process, this is a process. It's not a product. It's not something that we do until we're finished doing it. It's something that we learn to love doing for its own sake. And that's why you need forever.
1: Yeah. I often joke on the Get Fit Guy podcast that there is no point in time where you sort of like rub your hands together and say, all right, there, I'm, I'm done. Fit. I'm fit. <laughs> I'm fit. Now what? Right. It goes back to what I was talking about earlier about the and then what kind of thing. But it also can can be if you're adopting some new, new mindset or some new lifestyle and you're you know that you're uncomfortable and you know you're barely holding on and you've only got willpower to, to thank for where you've gotten to knowing that this is forever helps you just make that sort of step back and say, do I really want to feel this way for the rest of my life? Is this, was this a wise decision giving up every single carbohydrate in the world? (laughs) Do I really want to do this for the rest of my life? Can I really avoid pizza forever? just as an example sorry to pick on the low carbers but
0: right and and what that means is okay maybe let's try a different plan but let's not give up on the on the objective exactly so that's it those are our eight things that you need that we believe that you need to create positive permanent change you need a reason curiosity an objective a plan support practice failure and forever
1: I like it and we've really made it sound simple, but don't confuse simple with easy, because obviously the reason we actually started a podcast about this is because these ideas are are going to be simple to understand, but they're a little more tricky to, to integrate into your life. So we're going to definitely give you a lot more support. In each one of these in the coming weeks and coming months of this podcast.
0: And you know how this works with a brand new podcast. Uh, One of our biggest uh, priorities is always to kind of get the word out. So if you like what you hear or you think other people would, if you would mind giving us a little review, that is one of the primary ways that people can learn about this podcast. And we are looking forward to building a really big, fun community of people that are dedicated to this work. We'd love to have you be part of it.
1: Another way to to spread the word is to share the podcast with some friends. Word of mouth is the best way for podcast audiences to grow. So if you think this is going to be meaningful for some of your friends or family, please share it with them. And the other thing you can do is subscribe. So subscribe to our newsletter and you can find out how to do that at changeacademypodcast.com. And of course, subscribe to the podcast on whatever your favorite platform is, whether it's Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you're listening to this podcast. And is that it? Did I get everything? I think that's it. All right, everybody.
0: Thanks so much for, for listening. And uh, we'll see you in episode two. All
1: right. Thank you, everybody. Don't forget to subscribe. i at you. Thank you.